millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and today I want to talk about how the Stalinist regime created enemies. Um, And the reason why I talk about um, the creation of enemies is because the way in which Stalinism defined uh, enemies, uh, class enemies, uh, internal and external, was based in obviously the Marxist-Leninist view of history and class struggle, and a great many of these enemies were largely fictitious, but they were men and women who inhabited classes uh, which, in the, the view of Stalin and his contemporaries, contained the potential to be um, destabilizing to um, the new uh, Soviet regime and anything that offered that potential was clearly uh, in the eyes of Stalin going to be counter-revolutionary so uh, dangerous social groups were likely to find some clever way of undoing uh, the proletarian revolution and returning the um, and return the country to some kind of czarist autocracy or um, capitalism or what have you. Uh, similarly, enemies were external, circling the uh, Soviet Union like sharks. Poland, Japan, Germany, Great Britain, America, all these dangerous threats. And as a result, there was, in the eyes of uh, conspiracy-minded Stalinists, a clear relationship between internal and external enemies. The extent to which this was true is doubtful. However, it is also fair enough to say that hostile nations did surround the USSR and the judgment that Stalin had, impaired though it was, wasn't completely paranoid. 
Previously, when we've talked about the development of show trials in the Soviet Union, we've uh, focused on this idea that the shortcomings of the revolution could be explained away by saboteurs, by sabotage, by troublemakers. And the idea that the revolution itself was uh, an incomplete or imperfect creation, that there were failings within Soviet communism that were in part germane to uh, Russian culture and the uh, uh, economy and industrial infrastructure left behind uh, in from uh, the Tsarist era, and also failings that were integral to uh, communism itself. The idea that there were these imperfections was a, a form of uh, heresy. Instead, any failings, any uh, industrial accidents, um, failures to uh, reach quotas and work uh, norms, anything like this, had to be explained away through internal enemies. And these fell into, firstly, social classes. Um, the, as, it says, the, as I said previously, the Soviet regime was able to create enemies out of social classes and um, anyone is suspected of being in any way conspiratorial against the state. So um, all classes, um, particularly uh, the former nobles, um, the former bourgeoisie, uh, priests and kulaks, were de defined as class enemies. Um, these were people who had not accepted the verdict of the revolution. They were angry at the loss of status, um, their loss of property, and now they were engaged in a secret hidden struggle to gain back uh, what they had lost. This is the, uh, the official verdict. And the way this filters down into Soviet culture is that um, it creates a, uh, an environment of permanent suspicion. You don't know who you're talking to. Uh, some of the aristocracy and bourgeoisie had passed themselves off as proletarians in the chaos of the revolution and the civil war. They reinvented themselves as proletarian, managed to erase their past, create false papers, and they might present themselves externally as being working class, but the reality is behind the mask there was uh, a counter-revolutionary lurking. And there's all sorts of metaphors um, and language within Soviet discourse about examining what lies behind the mask. Stalin uses this in many of his public pronouncements as well um, about uh, kulaks who may appear on the surface of things to have now have accepted the revolution once they've been uh, thrown in the gulags for a bit, but look behind the facade and there is a reactionary, a counter-revolutionary lurking there. Um, these were the these were class enemies. Obviously, the entire classes had been made uh, oppositional, and the job uh, from the, the early the late nineteen twenties onwards was to uh, liquidate uh, as a class a certain categories, uh, certain kinds of class enemies, particularly uh, the uh, kulaks. The kulaks are a, a much much uh, bigger source of consternation to Stalin than the former nobility uh, because the kulaks um, number far and far larger groupings uh, the kulaks obviously the wealthy peasants uh, outnumber 
any former nobles or former bourgeoisie many times over, and they had the potential, as Stalin was concerned, <coughs> to hold the country to ransom, the country's food system to, to ransom, and could do far more damage than uh, a hidden aristocrat could. In general, the fate of class enemies was firstly to uh, deprive them of the economic base uh, of their um, wealth or their uh, status in society as far as the uh, Stalinists were concerned. The reason that kulaks existed was because of their ability to own property and their ability to accumulate wealth and exploit the poorer peasants. Not really that they did. The kulaks were not particularly uh, the rural bourgeoisie or the, the rural exploiting class that uh, Stalin uh, suggested that they were. These were peasants who simply knew a bit more about farming, had been slightly more shrewd with their money and slightly less inclined to vodka, and so were more successful as a result. The destruction of them economically uh, meant that they were unable to continue the previous way of earning a living and therefore they were proletarianised. And that meant that um, the kind of social revolution that Stalin wanted to see in the countryside, which hadn't come in 1917, came after 1928. This wouldn't end here. Um, during the anti-decoulacisation campaigns uh, that followed and accompanied uh, the uh, collectivization uh, and eventually the, the Great Famine. The um, number of deportations, uh, the uh, removal of kulaks to gulags, uh, the uh, former kulaks become some of the, the bulk of gulag labour, uh, or the uh, labour that exists in uh, colonies in exile. Um, the uh, ability of the uh, NKVD, the security forces, to keep coming back and revisit the supposed crimes of the Kulaks, even those that escaped the net the first time round, are likely to be caught later on. And when the Great Terror comes along, there are anyone who is uh, on a list or a, uh, a ledger somewhere as a suspected Kulak or class enemy is uh, among the first to be uh, arrested and in many cases executed. However, the destruction of the Kulaks did not abate Stalin's paranoia. In fact, it actually fueled it. Stalin concluded that if any Kulaks had got away, the mass murder of their friends and family, the destruction of their way of life, and the starvation of the Holodomor uh, in the Ukraine, though not contained to the Ukraine, the famines uh, weren't, obviously, um, <clears throat> that didn't really dispose them to the Soviet system particularly, and even a small handful of uh, former kulaks could be terrifically dangerous. The person who had been uh, the victim of dekulakization was in Stalin's eyes going to be more desperate, um, more likely to lash out, to uh, commence in some, uh, commit some act of terror, um, to be more angry uh, than uh, the normal kulak. 
the ability of kulaks to vanish from the countryside and re-emerge in the towns and cities to reinvent themselves as workers um, had uh, were, was deeply deeply troubling to Stalin because they could uh, essentially go underground and become hidden enemies, um, far more dangerous. And this is one of the this is kind of the, the mood music of Soviet thinking during the twenties and thirties. Hidden conspiracies, hidden threats, and it makes sense that the Soviets would think this because before the revolution. The uh, Bolshevik party worked in a roughly similar way, a hidden conspiratorial revolutionary organisation that was utterly dedicated, utterly committed and utterly ruthless. At internal party meetings on a, a local, regional and national level, that kind of conspiratorial thinking was retained. Party members were urged to keep uh, utter secrecy about what happened during meetings, uh, even if it was largely trivial stuff. The uh, uh, necessary conspiratorial behaviour that had um, once been needed in order to struggle against the Tsarist regime um, was difficult to kind of erase from Soviet thinking even though it was it proved to some party members to be quite laughable. They legitimately asked, well, who are we engaged in a conspiracy against? We, you know, we have the power of the state behind us. We're not engaged in a conspiracy against um, the Kulaks. They're engaged in a conspiracy uh, against us. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The other key feature of conspiratorial Soviet thinking was the fear of the capitalist world beyond Soviet borders. The, uh, Stalin had uh, three chief culprits uh, for subversion in mind in the mid-1930s, where he saw war emanating from Germany, Poland and Japan, 
all of whom uh, had close relation to the Soviet Union and with um, in the case of Japan and Poland uh, almost bordering uh, the Soviet Union well definitely bordering the Soviet Union in the case of Poland and uh, very close in the close proximity in the case of uh, Japan these were three powers which had dealt devastating blows on the Soviet Union uh, obviously Germany in the First World War and Poland and Japan during the Russian Civil War period. It was the combination of these internal and external fears that led all um, Communist Party functioning uh, to be uh, shrouded in unnecessary secrecy uh, throughout the 1920s and, and 30s. Uh, procedures were introduced at the Politburo and the Central Committee uh, in the 1920s where documents would be sent out to local party branches and they would have strict limitations placed on them uh, as to who could actually read them and they were required to be returned in uh, a short period of time, in a few days. In 1938, this ended and so one of the problems that the, uh, the Soviet state has is in communications. Uh, there are party bosses, regional party bosses and local party bosses that simply don't know what's going on when, after 1938 particularly, when uh, important papers are not sent to them. So they are basing a lot of their decisions on guesswork. But at this point, at the height of the terror, um, the state is but largely paralysed by uh, the ability, the inability of uh, people at a, a local or regional level to do anything at all, or even um, you know ask what it is they are meant to be doing, um, as all sorts of signals can be interpreted in, in different and potentially fatal ways. The minutes of uh, the Central Control Commission were uh, kept very tightly under wraps as well and this meant that they were forbidden to be shown to anyone not on an approved list um, or uh, to be uh, copied, to be spoken about in public or cited in any way and the minutes had to be returned. Much of the time uh, they said nothing of any great controversy um, at all. Secrecy rules um, even we're coming down to repeating speeches in workplaces and factories that are meant to be secret, um, were uh, these breaches of secrecy rules could be uh, an inter interpreted as class treachery, uh, a betrayal of the uh, proletariat, and at certain points in um, the height of the terror, this is extremely dangerous. Not just the party. But government um, and the two um, really bleed into each other in the, the mid-30s. But government uh, itself began to be pervaded with secrecy and uh, paranoia. The um, classified, uh, the, the number of things that were labelled as classified or top secret grew and grew and grew. It became easy for the little Stalins, the uh, bureaucrats, who, with a, a rubber stamp, wielded power far beyond their status or ability um, to simply designate a thing as secret or top secret uh, on a whim to show their significance or, and power 
and or simply to inconvenience rivals or just out of a period out of uh, sheer bloody mindedness. So the number of things that become top secret um, grow and grow. Uh, party communications, military mobilization plans, uh, defense industry construction, uh, the export of precious metals, important inventions, OGPU reports uh, on uh, the mood of the population and other matters, prosecutions under Article 58 of the Criminal Code, which dealt with crimes against the state, administrative exile, deportation, and special settlements. These, Sheila Fitzpatrick writes in her book Everyday Stalinism, were all areas that could be listed as top secret. She adds, strikes and workers' protests were also classified topics, though at the lower level of not-for-publication, and reports on the cases of plague, cholera, typhus, and other infectious diseases were classified as well. In the early days of the revolution, the use of terror was seen not as, as a guilty secret, but something that needed to be embraced, and even something that was uh, justifiable. A revolution was happening, and a uh, number of key individuals had to be liquidated in order for that revolution to happen, and the revolution would bring about such significant benefits for the lives of Soviet people in the future that this was all justifiable. Nikolai Bukharin, for example, in around 1920, said that terror was a method of creating communist mankind out of the human materials of the capitalist epoch. But by the mid-1930s, this enthusiasm for terror um, has changed. Instead of there being a rather bold, outspoken advocacy for terror, there is evasion and secrecy. There's obviously far more terror on a far greater scale during the 1930s than during the early revolutionary period. However, it is secret. There are all sorts of uh, anecdotal um, evidence, uh, bits of anecdotal evidence, in the diaries of uh, gulag survivors uh, about the secrecy with which they were transported to the gulags. There were trains passing through towns at night um, and pulling into stations at, uh, in the small hours of the morning when um, there was uh, the least chance of uh, Soviet citizens working out who was on the cattle trains and uh, who was in the cattle trucks and where they were going. And the, the, the journeys to gulags took uh, an incredibly long time for some, some um, prisoners um, who uh, were often uh, taken on long uh, train journeys and then route marches. Um, getting to the gulag was an expedition in itself. And the um, reasons for, well, at least some of the reasons for situating the gulags far out of uh, the way was uh, that of official secrecy. The Soviets uh, were blessed with having a large country uh, in which to place their enemies. Some acts of uh, state repression, not necessarily terror, but state repression were not necessarily seen as dirty secrets but were championed as uh, part of the development of the rebuilding of society in process. 
things like the uh, great public work schemes used using uh, slave labour, such as the Bellamore Canal, the uh, the White Sea uh, Canal, which was credited with reforging the souls of uh, wayward and uh, miscreant uh, class enemies um, who uh, were then put to work on, on the canal. This was widely publicised. Um, writers such as Konstantin Simonov and uh, Maxim Gorky wrote uh, in glowing terms about the wonders of the White Sea Canal project. They ignored the 20,000 people who, who died uh, digging the White Sea Canal uh, and suggested that this Stalinist vanity project was the, the sort of thing that was going to uh, reforge the soul. But of course, for prisoners who were publicised in this way, they were the, the minority. Most of the treatment of prisoners of the uh, NKVD was highly secretive. Uh, the men and women who were arrested by the NKVD uh, on release were forced to sign documents uh, vowing never to speak in public about what had happened to them. And they were helped in this regard by a public that by and large did not wish to know. There was uh, a widespread uh, knowledge that things did go on in the Soviet Union, uh, but by and large they happened to people who deserved them and who had done things and uh, transgressed against not just the state, but against uh, the working class itself. And so these were people, dangerous individuals, that could do with locking up, and this would all be probably quite a good thing. And it was really quite convenient to buy into state propaganda, because it told a compelling story. The uh, difficult individual who had survived from the previous times, which were all rotten and corrupt into the glorious Shining People's um, Republic, was now seeking to overthrow it, and only swift action from Stalin and um, people like Yezhov or Beria would save uh, the uh, revolution. And this is a nice, attractive story, if you don't have to delve into it uh, very far and look at its uh, flagrant um, fabrication or its uh, various contradictions. Instead, you simply embrace it and it helps any troubling moral questions to be swept away. It also sometimes enables you to get a nice new apartment if you denounce your class enemy next door neighbour. Anyway, I'll finish there. I hope you found this useful and uh, pop by the uh, Explaining History Facebook page. It's, uh, we've got some great chats going on there. Um, and I'll look forward to speaking to you all soon. Uh, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.